as uh, Brian was, um, I was sitting over here singing, and as he was playing, I just, I couldn't help but get excited to think that no matter where God takes us in life, I get to be with a guy like that forever. And, and I get to spend time with a guy like that forever. Um, and, and, you know, if, this is, if you're new to Cornerstone, um, you need to know the people up here, including Brian, um, they're, they just, they're not just talented, uh, but they're men and women of character. Um, when Leanne passed away two and a half years ago, um, we had the funeral service, and then we went to the gravesite over down by Sun Valley there. And, and I, went, I was going to a different church at the time, and, and people from, but, but prior to that, I'd come to Cornerstone for a couple of years and was doing some ministry here. Anyway, we're at the funeral, and who do I look over and, and see but, but Brian. Brian was there at a day in my life that, uh, you know, I'll never forget. And, um, and that just, it speaks to someone's character when they do something like that. It speaks to their heart that this isn't all there is, is standing up here and singing worship songs. And so I just, I encourage you when you come here on Sundays, recognize that this isn't just their job. This is their life. This is their passion. Christ is working in them and through them. And I'm so thankful for people like Brian and his staff. I'm also thankful for people like Pastor Tate who came here on Sunday. Was anyone here on Sunday? Did you hear? Okay. Um, I mean, it's hard to follow that, isn't it? I, I, I didn't know what to do up here, you know, thinking, oh, I got to come follow that guy. I mean, that is good preaching. And folks, I, I'm convinced that, that, you know, I may not see Pastor Tate until glory, but then I'll see him forever. And maybe his mansion is going to be next to mine. I don't know. But it's going to be exciting. And that guy is going to preach it in glory. Um, this isn't the only place where we're going to learn God's word together. I believe fully that, uh, in fact, scripture is clear that there are three things that last forever. It's God, us, and his word lasts forever. Well, why would God's word last forever if we wouldn't spend time in heaven learning about his word? And so I'm excited for people like Pastor Tate, who God is instilling in them right now, a desire to know him in such a way that I have no doubt should that man just continue to walk faithfully with Christ, Christ is going to give him opportunities in heaven to sit before audiences of maybe millions and say, here's what I know to be true about our Savior. And maybe Jesus will come on stage and make a guest. I don't know what it's going to be like, but I am excited that I get to spend time with people that know Jesus Christ, including all of us here. With that said, we enter into what, what I find to be a fascinating subject tonight. I really do. Um, it's fascinating because it applies to all of us. And I think on some level, we're, we all have a bit of interest in it because we're going to be talking about what happens when I die. And when I die, you know, until Christ returns and the new heaven and new earth are established, what happens? And so we're going we're gonna to look at that kind of section of time right there. And in particular, we're going to be looking at what happens to me as a person. Uh, because when all is said and done, I care about me. And I want to know, you know, do I get wings? Do I get a halo? Don't I? Do I metamorphose into something? Am I an animal? Do I reincarnate? What, you know, what's going to happen to me at the end of the day? And so we're going to be talking about that tonight. Um, so as we do that, here's the, here are the ground rules for tonight. Some of you are going to be pressed tonight because you have presuppositions that aren't going to align with what I'm going to suggest tonight. 
And so some of you are going to hear this stuff. And, and, uh, and by the way, this is, I'm going to use this as I'm going to be drawing a lot on here and stuff. So if you, if you can't see this very well, uh, you don't, you're not going to bother me if you want to get up and, and shift over. We have to keep it here, I think, for the camera's sake or something. So, and so, it, you know, it, you may be at a point where you've, you've grown up in a particular thought, a line of thought, a, a line of theology, a line of doctrine. And it has just, you know, told you not because of necessarily what scripture has told you, but just because of what tradition has told you or religion has told you or our culture has told you. And then you're going to hear something tonight that may be different. And so I, I, for those of you that are going to be, you know, just kind of like this, I just, I want to challenge you tonight. Step back and before uh, you send the nasty grams and before you send the, uh, is Greg even a Christian kind of emails, just look at the passages with me. Um, I, f- I, feel, I feel good about my preparation for tonight. I feel good about my research. Uh, and I feel good about those that aren't on this stage that know a whole lot more than I do. That seem to align themselves with, with what I think. Or probably better said, I align myself with what, what they think. Uh, men and women of the faith for centuries now. And so, so I say that, so I'm not going to throw something out that hasn't been said in hundreds of churches before. So, uh, but for some of you, this may be some new thinking. And uh, because it applies to you, because you're going to die one day, and so this applies to you, you know, you may leave a little unsettled thinking, wow, I just, I didn't know that. That's okay. It's okay to be a little restless uh, with, with what God is teaching us. Um, for, for those who have been out of school for a while, just go back to when you learned something new. Uh, and how challenging it is sometimes to think, wow, I, I never saw it that way. And then, I don't know, I just kind of, that's okay. That, that's an okay place to be. With that said, the second point, though, is I nor you know everything. And so tonight especially and next week are going to be times where we can investigate this together. And, and please, I need you to feel the freedom to raise your hand and we'll get mics out to you and and just let's talk out loud about this. Well, what, what about this? And, you know, I, I'm reading it this way. Or, you know, what, you know, how do you, And let's just discover this together. I, I have no problem at all saying, man, I never saw it that way. You get up here. Come up here and, and share with us. I've got no problem with that. Okay? So that's kind of, you know, be open. And yet, let's, let's discuss today. Um, speaking of I don't know everything... This week has been a little crazy here at Cornerstone on, on, for some people because they've been receiving um, uh, colorful comments and, um, and thoughts about what I had to say last week, it, r- very specifically pertaining to um, comments I made about our president. And I just want to make it clear, um, and, and I want to be serious about this, I want to make it clear, uh, I hope that for the majority of you, you heard my heart. And my heart was, I've been speaking uh, on, in de- various venues for 20 years. And I've never had a situation like I had last week where I just could not flip it. And so if you weren't here, I substituted President Obama's name with Osama bin Laden, who was killed last year. And the context was if people thought Osama was going to hell. Or would be in hell. But I kept saying, oh, would Obama be in hell? And, and, and it, it just, it, it didn't sit well with some people. Now, guys, again, 
um, you may not know me, and that's okay. I, I don't know you real well. You may not know me, but as we continue on with the mind, I need you to know one thing. I will laugh at funny things, and I think just the way we do life is just funny. So when, when we make mistakes or people are sarcastic, or I'm okay with that. But please know that I will never um, stand up here and use this platform to slight someone uh, without them being here, having a chance to respond. And I will never use this platform ever to promote my personal agenda, especially by way of politics. I, I just, I won't do that. So I apologize sincerely. If, if, if you heard that the wrong way or you were listening via podcast and you just couldn't see my reaction, I felt bad about that. I just, I, I just could not get those words out. And so I apologize for that. So are we okay with that? I, I'm just, I... Okay. With that said, again, if you hear something that you find offensive, you're not going to offend me by either approaching me afterwards or raising your hand saying, um, I find that offensive. I may say, I don't care, or, you know, I'm, I'm okay because I don't find it offensive, but chances are very, very good. We're, we're just, we missed each other on something. And so, and that really is my heart. So, um, Pastor Marty has been, uh, you know, fielding some calls and stuff. And that I realized, you know what? You guys don't have my contact information. So you naturally just call the church. Well, I don't work here at Cornerstone. Um, I work at Valley Christian High School. And so you're not going to find me here. And so Marty's been getting calls and Pastor uh, Mike's been getting calls. And, you know, it's just been, you know, and they're relaying some information to me. So with that in mind, if you want this information, um, here's my information. Okay. Um, and I would be glad to discuss things. It's just at Gmail. So it's my first initial, last name, uh, something like that. Okay. Um, and so you can, you can send me emails. Uh, I'll even give you my phone number. How about that? Um, so uh, you can text me long texts. And um. Now, with that said, let me make this clear. I work full-time, and I raise three kids on my own. And if I open up an email, and I got to scroll ten times because you were up at three in the morning feeling like you got nothing better to do than just to give me everything in the world about what you're thinking, I probably will just send you back an email saying, I read the first couple paragraphs. And if you want to if we, if we talk or grab some coffee, I'd love to do that. But I, I, like you, right? Like you, I'm busy. And so, um, so if you want you know, to give me your thoughts, that's great. And I will read them. Um, but I may or may not respond just because of the busyness. And I've just got to weigh those out. I hope you understand that. I hope you understand that, um, that this is so important to me to be a part of this group. Um, and I am 115 degrees out and we have this many people here tonight. And so I'm just, I'm incredibly honored and thankful. And I realized the other day, you know what, I could spend this whole fall and, and next spring letting Marty continue to field calls. And that would, you know, and, um, but that's not, he's not teaching up here. I am. And so I, I bear the responsibility. And so if you have a thought or comment or disagreement or encouragement, um, that's, that's the place to go. Okay. I love what's happening over here every night. Uh, every week I get, uh, five or 10 of you that stop by and ask more questions and we talk and we discuss and we discover. And I love that. And I will stay as late as you want me to stay tonight. They've got to shut this place down early. Uh, like when we're done. So if we want to continue discussions, um, I'm not going to 
um, run anywhere, but I'll be outside. They have to lock up the building early tonight. So we'll just kind of move those conversations outside it and, and sweat together um, and discuss. So I'm more than willing to do that. But normally, find me up here afterwards. I'll stay as late as I possibly can. Uh, it's been incredible discussions. And, and on that note, before we jump in here, um, feel free. Some of the things you, you've set up here, I think you should say out here. So if you're, if you're, eh, I don't know if I should say this out loud. I don't want, you know, please just err on the side of, you know what, uh, you know, here we go. Because there are brilliant discussions down here. Uh, not, there are brilliant questions that I think a lot of people would benefit from hearing. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. With that said, then uh, take your Bibles out, please. Let's jump into, uh, let's start in, we'll just take your Bibles out. How about that? Here's what I've been thinking about lately, because we talked about, I think we satisfied the idea that there is a heaven and there is a hell. I think we satisfied the idea that heaven and hell last forever. Okay, I think we're all good with that. The question now is for most of us in here, okay, I'm okay with that, Greg. I'm really curious, what's going to happen when I die? Like, I really want to know that. I've had relatives that have passed, loved ones that have passed. And I just don't know if culture's right, if I'm right, if my church is right. Or... So let me just give you some ideas that we can hang some of our, our thoughts on and, and see what we come up with. Um, so I'm going to start over here. Uh, let's see if I can do this. Um, okay, so here's a girl. And this girl uh, is going to die. And so we have her here. Okay, now... When this girl dies, when she passes away, if she passes away before Jesus returns, where does her body go? In the ground, okay, right? And so, whatever your preference is, whatever your form is, let's give her some arms, okay? Where, Where does her soul or spirit go? Okay, it goes with the Lord, okay, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. I think we can all agree that that... You know, something like this, right? And then this is here, and this is her soul. We know that from passages like uh, Philippians 1, 21 and following. Uh, Jesus said, what, in Luke uh, 23, he said to the thief on the cross, what, today you'll be with me where? Paradise, okay? Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 8 talks about that. We have some bodies present with the Lord. Okay. So, so we have a body that is, has, the soul has left the body. And this is the first time in this girl's life where there has been a separation. Right? Okay. The first time where she is no longer, they're no longer together here. Okay. So I believe that God's design was always to have those two things together. I believe that when God breathed spirit into, into Adam, that that was meant to be like that forever. That there wasn't supposed to be a separation. And yet when Adam and Eve sinned, part of the curse was what? Was death, was physical death. So God, in his wisdom now, in his grand design, is going to make good on this. And thus we have the term resurrection. Okay, so we know Jesus and beautiful song that Brian had 
sung about Christ is risen, he is risen, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We know that to be true every Easter. We sing about that, we champion that. But what about her? Does she get resurrected? Okay, so take your Bibles, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And as you're turning there, stop by John chapter 5. So before you get to 1 Thessalonians, let's stop in John chapter 5 real quick. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 5. Uh, Look at verse 28 and 29 of John chapter 5. 28 and 29 of John chapter 5. Jesus says this, he says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tomb shall hear his voice and shall come forth. Those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life and those who committed evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. So we seem to have these two groups of people. There's going to be a resurrection of life for those who committed good deeds and those who committed evil deeds, a resurrection of judgment. Okay, with that said then, um, let's go all the way to Revelation 20. Actually, we'll back up to to 1 Thessalonians. So let's go all the way to Revelation chapter 20. And then we'll back up to Revelation chapter, uh, 1 Thessalonians mean chapter 4. So Revelation 20, all the way in the back of your Bible. Revelation chapter 20, Uh, let's start in verse 4. John is writing this and he says, And I saw thrones and they who sat upon them and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus, because of the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, had not received the mark upon their forehead and upon their hand, And listen to this. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were completed. And he says this is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who take part in this first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power, but they will be priests of God in Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Okay? So hold that thought in, and let's back up then to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, okay? So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which is New Testament. You've got the T's, basically. You've got Timothy and Titus. Go before that to Thessalonians. You've got 2 Thessalonians, then 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, let's start in verse 13. 1 Thessalonians four thirteen. Paul says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep. And often the word asleep there is used is just a reference for those who have died. Okay, we don't want you to be uninformed for those who are who have died or asleep that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For we believe for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him. Those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Now listen to this. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So Paul, in fact, every in First Thessalonians, every uh, chapter ends with him talking about Christ's return. So we may not know much, but here's what we do know. We do know that at some point in time, the Bible talks about a first resurrection, doesn't it? The Bible talks about those who are asleep in Christ will be physically raised up to be with him forever. We gather that from 1 Thessalonians 4 and Revelation chapter 20. This is known as the first resurrection. So I think we can safely say that this girl's body at some point in time, and that point in time is when Christ descends, that her body does what? It ascends. That her body will be resurrected. Give her big hands and big feet. And this is uh, Revelation 20, 1 Thessalonians 4. And what we know to be true is that there will be at some point in time, according to what we'll talk about next week, which is Revelation chapters 21 and 22, is at some point in time, guys, right, we have this to look forward to. Let's call this... uh, we can call it New Heaven, that's fine. New Jerusalem's here somewhere like this. Okay? And this girl in her resurrected body is going to spend forever with who? With Jesus. Right? First Thessalonians 4, so that they will be with the Lord forever. We'll always be with the Lord. Uh, yeah, right here first and then we'll go here. What if the person um, was cremated? What if the person was cremated? Uh, great question. Let me, um, let me get just a little further down this, this chart here, and it will definitely come up. So hang on to that. You just said she's going to heaven, correct? This girl. Did you say she was saved? Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay, I didn't hear you say that. Sorry. Yes, I apologize. Yeah. This girl is a Christian. Great clarification. Pa- I, yeah, I apologize for that. Oh, my goodness. Um, yes, she's a Christian. So what happens is, see, this is her soul. And now her soul and her body are reunited. Does that make sense? Okay. Her soul and her body are reunited. And what we call this is, we call this her glorified body. Now, Romans chapter 8, verses 17, verses 32, 33, I believe, and 39 speak of this idea of glorification. Uh, Theologically, glorification is the end result of what began in justification. So you've got these three, think of them as three kind of trains on on a, a cars on a train. You've got justification, sanctification, and glorification. Justification is just as if I've never sinned. God saves me. Sanctification is God grows me. And then we have glorification, which is this. This is the final product of God's beginning a good work in you. He who began a good work in you will do what? 
will complete it until the very end. This is the completion of that good work. That your body and soul are reunited in such a way that now you can do this. She can now enter into a place that she was always made to be for. Which is an eternal heaven with her Savior. I'll show you what I mean by that. Here's what I find interesting. Uh, Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Because this is where I think for me, guys, the rubber really hits the road. I'm okay with everything. You know, if if someone, were, someone else were preaching this, I'd be okay with you know, everything you've set up to this point. But you really haven't satisfied any particulars I have, which is, what does this look like? You haven't said anything about this particular body. All you've said is, is it will be raised from the dead. So some of us might be out there thinking, am I going to get this? Right? Because I don't, yeah, you know, I don't know if I want this, um, depending on where we're at in life. Um, so here's, here's the beauty, I think, of God's plan. Uh, and let me just put it, I guess we'll put it right here. These are some things I think the Bible says about this girl's body. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 um, this whole chapter is about the resurrection, but let's pick it up in uh, let's pick it up in thirty eight. How about thirty five? First Corinthians fifteen thirty five. But someone will say, Paul, how are the dead raised, and with what kind of body do they come? Well, that's great because that's the question we're asking tonight. It's as if we're the church of Corinth right now. And we're saying to Paul, okay, Paul, how are the dead raised? Uh, how, what if I am cremated? What, what's going on here? And Paul, thankfully, gets specific. Listen to this. He says, you fool. <laughs> that which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And that which you sow, you do not sow the body which is to be, but a bare grain, perhaps a grain of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body just as he wished. And to each of the seeds a body of its own. All flesh aren't the same. There's one flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another flesh of birds, another of fish. There's also heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is one and the glory of the earthly is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for stars differ from star in glory. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Now listen to this. Here's where it gets interesting. He gives four descriptions here of what used to be and what will be. For instance, he says, uh, verse 42, it is sown, in other words, your body is sown as a perishable body, but it is raised how? An imperishable body. It's sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. And then it is sown as a natural body, but it is raised as a spiritual body. If there is a body, there is also a spiritual body. Okay, so this is what Paul seems to be saying. What this girl's body will consist of, imperishable, I don't know, glorious, 
power. Spiritual. Paul says, you were this. But when God does his amazing work, when he resurrects all the bodies, and by the way, the second resurrection, Revelation chapter 20, those who do not know him, there will be a second resurrection. The sea will give up the dead and those dead will be judged. And if their name isn't found written in the book of life, they will be cast into the lake of fire. That is the final resurrection. There will come a day, folks, when every single person that has ever lived will not be here in terms of bodily form. Your body will be physically raised either to a life with Christ or a life apart from Christ. That we we know to be true. And this is the first resurrection. In other words, this is the believer's resurrection. And for every believer that has ever lived and ever will live, I can guarantee you at least these four things I know to be true based on 1 Corinthians 15 of what will be of their bodies. They'll be imperishable. They will be glorious. They will be full of power and they will be spiritual. Imperishable. He contrasts that with perishable. So let's just, you know, let's just think out loud for a second here. What does it mean for our bodies to be imperishable? What does that mean? No, to be perishable, I'm sorry. They, <laughs> good, nice, yeah. They age, what else? They get sick. Listen, if you have a job where you are in the healthcare industry of any sort, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a dentist, you're a physical assistant, you're a, a trainer of some sort, you're a physical therapist, you're unemployed in heaven. We don't need you anymore. You're not going to take our money anymore. Because, guys, it's such a, it's a great thing. I just, uh, two hours ago, I was sitting in a dentist chair getting shot up with Novocaine. One of my biggest fears tonight was to be drooling all over the left side of my body. Because I can't feel the left side of my face. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, how funny is this that I'm going to go in 90 minutes and talk to people about imperishable bodies. When this guy's got his, you know, he's just jamming me with a, with a, a needle shooting me up with Novocaine. Why? Because he's trying to keep my teeth from falling out. Because they're going to fall out. The best medical care will only guarantee you maybe 75 to 80 years of life. And that's the best medical care. Doctors and dentists and physical therapists, their their sole mission is to just prolong the inevitable. Which is there's going to come a day where your body's going to say, I'm done. I'm just done. And guys, think about this. In light of eternity, Pastor Tate, the beginning and the end, Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, you've got 75 years in this. And that's if God's good to you. That's if you're working out and doing everything. Uh, a, a friend I know uh, in his early 60s, healthy as, a, as, a, as an ox, just had a heart attack, quadruple bypass. You just... Who, who can understand... The, uh, the, the, the illnesses and sicknesses we get. How does cancer strike one and not the other? Who understands any of this? And what, God, what Paul is saying, what God inspired Paul to say is, when this girl's body is raised, when your body is raised, either when Christ descends and he says with a shout, all the dead who have died before, come on up now. Or you're alive when you hear the trumpet sound, 
Either way, you get this. You get an imperishable, never-ending, never-sick, never have to go to a doctor, never have to get surgeries, never have to get upgrades kind of body. That is waiting for you and for me one day. And here's the reason why. Because guess how long this lasts? Do you think this could keep up with forever? Do you have... Can yours? So God says, I've got to do something. Because I meant it all the way back to Genesis 1 and 2 when I created my, my... Adam and Eve, my first creation, all the way back, I I gave them bodies to last forever. And then sin screwed all of that up, which you and I now have a part of, thanks to Romans chapter 5. And so God said, I got to undo that. I got to make it new. So some people have said this, well, why not just make a whole brand new body then? Why do I get something similar to this? And I've thought about that. Um, two, two reasons, I guess. One, if God doesn't raise up what he saw. Remember, remember in Genesis chapter 1, God said, and when he created man, how, what, 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 was his, what was his thoughts after he created man? It, was, it wasn't good. It was, it was what? It was very good. So part of me thinks, okay, God created something that was very good. The pinnacle of his creation, if you will. And then thousands and thousands of years later, God's just going to let that go he's just going to let that disintegrate decay decompose because it's full of sin and god looks around and says i just i can't work with that that's not worth it just on on the emotional level for me i don't see god losing like that i don't see god looking at his creation you and me and saying you're not worth it but rather i see him saying uh Because you're worth it, I'm going to do something unbelievable, which is take this body of yours that you know to be your body. And I'm going to raise it and give it something that that you're it's going to blow you away. So, yeah, it's going to be familiar to you because it's your body, but it's going to be imperishable. It's not going to it's not going to need a healthcare system ever, ever. You're never going to need that. So what are we doing before we get our bodies back? Right here? Yeah, in the dot, dot, dot. You're, you're 20 minutes ahead of me. Sorry. No, you're good. The second thing he says is, is our bodies are going to be glorious. In fact, he says it's sown in dishonor, right? Look at verse uh, 43. Sown in dishonor, raised in glory. So the comparison there is your body is dishonorable right now. Now, what makes our bodies dishonorable in your opinion? Sin, okay, because we live with shame and guilt and sin. And so God says, I can't, that's not going to work in here, right? So when I raise your bodies, I'm going to make them glorious. But various translators have said, I'm going to make it radiant. Uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 3 says, and the new bodies, your bodies will, will, will I think it says, like, shine like the stars. Many commentators believe that, that your body will physically have some sort of radiance to it. It will be that beautiful in the pure sense of beauty. Not in a lustful way, not in a sexy way, but in a magnificently beautiful way. The way that you were originally designed. 
God says, I'm going to bring that back into play. And it's going to be forever. So that millions and millions and millions and millions of his children will have never sick, never ill, radiant, glorious bodies. The third thing he says is, uh, sown in natural, I'm sorry, sown in weakness, raised in power. Various authors have described this as, uh, you know, superhuman strength and superhero-like things. And they, and they refer back to Jesus when he walked through the, the upper room and the disciples didn't know how he got in. And seemingly he just, somehow he walked through the wall. And truth be told, um, I don't know. But I do know this. I'm not that strong. I can lift my kids because they weigh 40 pounds. But how many other beasts of the field are there, let's be honest, that are stronger than us? You don't, you don't wrestle with a bear. Because a bear is bigger than you, stronger than you. We aren't that powerful. Up here we think we are, and we are up here. But out here, I don't think so. So I'm not going to begin to speculate as to what our powerful bodies will be. Or, but I just know that they will be powerful. And let's just be honest. Why shouldn't they be? Why would God give us never sick, glorious, radiant, weak bodies? It, it just doesn't make sense, but rather it totally fits if they're powerful bodies. So I'll let you imagine whatever you want that to look like. But I will just leave that hanging for you. That sown in weakness, raised in power. Finally, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. Now again, the purpose here isn't to say without a physical body, spirit, but rather it's to say you are in the spirit right now, the Holy Spirit, and that will continue. That the fruit of the spirit that's in your life right now and in my life right now will carry on in heaven. That there will be joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Because when people are acting like that toward one another, you want to be a part of that group. See, everyone thinks, and, and I'm just not convinced of this yet, guys. Everyone thinks that, that we can't have disagreements in heaven. Because a disagreement equals conflict, and a conflict equals anger, and anger equals sin, and there's no sin in heaven. Have you ever disagreed with someone and been okay with that? Have you ever disagreed with someone and did it in love or did it with patience or kindness, and, but you still walked away, you know, a little different? Can there be differences in heaven? Can we learn in heaven? I think so, and, and I'll show you that in just a moment. Okay, so that's one side of the equation is I think these four things will be present of our resurrected bodies. Any questions or thoughts or comments? While we're getting those, if you want to jot down these verses, that's Luke 24, 13 to 35, uh, John chapter 20, 11 to chapter 21, 23-ish. Yeah. Okay, will you be the same age when you're resurrected that you were when you died? Good, so two questions, two, two great, you guys are... are like, like it's, it's like we all got together last week and just kind of thought about this. Because the two questions I have as I've studied this is, here's the first one, is what's, what's our age going to be? And 
I don't see any very little, any little, little kids in here. Um, okay. Um, so I, I just, I, I got to get PG-13 just for a, a moment. Is that okay? And so the, the other question is, um, you know, what about this issue? Is, is there going to be reproduction? Is there going to be sex in heaven? Um, and so, so while we're on it, let's go ahead and address it. Um, Okay, if, uh, like, at this moment, is spirits and souls invisible in heaven? And if they are, does that mean that nobody can see each other? Right, so right here, this, this section here. So I'm going to say, I'm gonna, it's the same question someone else just had, and I'm going to say no. And I'm going to give you, in about three minutes, I'm going to give you the reasons why. Um, because, because I wanted to get to this first, but, I, but b- when I do that, you know, it leaves this whole area. This could last for another 5,000 years. All of this is before Jesus returns, right? And so we're all concerned about that because we know we've got 40, 50 years left max, you know, and some of us less than that. Some of us maybe a little more, but that's it. And so unless Jesus returns like here, you know, we want to know about this. And if we've had loved ones that have passed, we definitely want to know, you know, are they just spirits right now? And so I'm going to get to that in just a moment here. Let me just wrap up here what I think our glorified bodies will be like, not only imperishable, glorious, powerful, and spiritual, but then I got to take my cue from who? Whenever I ask a question, the default answer is always going to be Jesus. So whatever I ask, just default and say Jesus, okay? So who else might I take my cue from? Good, okay? These two passages talk about Jesus' resurrected body. They talk about Jesus being crucified, buried, and then he rose from the grave. And many people, surprisingly, guys, don't know that in Luke 24 following, almost for an entire chapter, and then almost for two entire chapters in John chapter 20, it talks about Jesus living after he rose. And he's walking on earth. So so without turning these passages for time's sake, know that there are several characteristics that Jesus that happens here, that Jesus has a resurrected, glorified body, including Jesus walked. He talked. He ate. Uh, he, well, here he used his voice. Um, he was in a body. And that body was, guess what? Recognizable. In other words, he's standing on the seashore at one point, uh, Luke, uh, John chapter 20, and, and the disciples are out fishing. It's early in the morning, so they can't see who's on the shore. So he yells out, you know, cast your nets the other way, because they didn't catch anything the, the night before. So he says, go out again and, and cast. And so they're out, and he he's, comes up on the shore and, and says, cast your nets over to this side. And they don't know who it is. Now, they don't know who it is, not because he's in a spirit form or he's got wings or because it's in the morning, they can't see him offshore. But then guess why they know him? Because they can hear his voice. And his voice, after they hear his voice, they say, it is the Lord. They knew who he was by his voice. Now, that's interesting because that's his resurrected body. And yet we know from these passages, he has a voice. He walked with many, many people after he rose from the grave. He had a regular body in the sense of a human body. He didn't have six arms. He didn't have two heads. 
He didn't have wings. He didn't have a halo. But he had a resurrected, glorified body. Now, I don't want to go down that path too far because in Revelation chapter 4 and 19, we're told that John sees Jesus in a very different light. He's got a sword coming out of his mouth and flames coming out of his eyes. And so we don't get that. But I want to highlight the fact that Jesus' resurrected body looked much like a human body, just glorified, just resurrected. Now, why do I say that? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look right back on verse 20. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, listen to this, the first fruits of those who are asleep. Christ has been raised from the dead and he's the first fruits of those who are dead, those who have died. What does it mean to be the first fruits? See, the Hebrew culture would have gotten this. First century culture would have gotten this. They would have realized what, what Paul is saying here is, if, if, if I harvest corn and I give my first fruits of the corn, then the rest of the harvest is what? It's corn. Right? If, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I harvest apples and give my first fruits of apples, the, 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 the first pickings of the apples... The rest of the harvest isn't pecans. They're apples. And so Paul's saying Jesus is the first fruits of those who are asleep. This is the prototype here. His resurrected body is something that we can look towards and say, I don't have all the answers. Let's just admit it. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know exactly what my body's going to be look like, but I'd like to think I, I think I'll be walking and talking and eating. And in fact, here's a great passage. I love this passage. Look at Matthew chapter 26. Uh, where is it? Matthew 26. Is it 26? Man, it's a great passage. Matthew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew 26. Look at verse 29. Matthew 26, 29, he's talking to his disciples, the last suppers being instituted. And he says in verse 29, he says, but I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you, where? In my father's kingdom. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples and he says, I'm not going to touch the vine anymore, the fruit of that vine from now until that day when I drink it new with you in where? In heaven, in my father's kingdom. Now, I don't know all of what that suggests, but maybe it suggests Jesus is going to one, know his disciples in heaven. There's continuity from earth, from heaven to earth to heaven. And two, who knows? There may just be food and wine in heaven. Okay? I'm just, just trying to be as obs- simplistic and observing as I possibly can. A um, couple questions here. I don't have a watch on me. I'm, oh, my. Okay. Because we've got to get to this, right? Here, here's what we're going to do for homework then. I think based on this passage... This passage and this passage. Uh, Genesis 5, 24, 2 Kings 11 and 12. Okay, first passage is martyrs who have died 
and they're now in heaven. They're under the soul, they're under the throne of God. And in three verses, in three verses, John describes a conversation between these martyrs who have died, Christians who have died for their faith, and God. And these Christians who have died for their faith are crying out. It says, and I looked and they're under the altar were the souls of those who had died for, for their faith. And they're crying out to God. God, oh God, how long will it be until you avenge those who took our lives on earth? How long, God, will it be? And God says back to those souls, be patient, hang on. It's got more people are going to die for me before I avenge you. And then it says, and they were comforted by placing white robes on these souls as they were to wait a little longer. Three short little verses, but a chock full of information in those verses. Just by simple observation, there are people that are using their emotions. There are people that have bodies. There are people that are learning because they ask God to avenge them. And God says, I can't yet. I won't yet. Well, guess what they just did in that moment? They learned something. Um, there's emotion. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's even crying out. And that's all taking place, guys, before the new heaven and new earth. That's all of this is taking place wherever you put the tribulation and millennial reign. It's all taking place before... It's all said and done. Let's just put it that way. Before everything's said and done, that conversation took place in heaven. So, this is uh, Enoch. Enoch left earth, full-bodied left earth. Elijah, full-bodied left earth. And this is before this all is happening over here. So, I, so to answer your question, I'll use Leanne as an example. I think Leanne, right now, before Jesus returns to, to usher in the millennial reign and the tri- tribulation begins, I think Leanne right now has a body. I don't think it's her glorified final body, but I do think it is a body. And I think that body has the ability to have emotions, to remember things on earth, to... Uh, Disgust because she has a mouth to wear a robe, if you will, uh, be it white or some other color, because she has a physical body. I don't think it's her glorified final body, but I do think she has a body. I don't think I have to go to bed at night thinking that my wife is some disembodied spirit hovering around somewhere, longing to be. You ever see like these TV shows where? We just got to put the spirit in a body somewhere. And that's not it. I don't get that at all. Based on these passages, I get someone that is alive and well in a body uh, that my guess is, speculation, but my guess is very, very similar to what awaits her. And yet it's not her glorified body. This area here, and we'll end with this tonight, this area many have called the intermediate heaven. Now again, don't let that shock you or scare you or fool you. It simply means this. Logically, if there is going to be a final new heaven and people have died that know Jesus prior to that, they're in a location right now. 
So Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me where? Paradise. So some people have termed this intermediate heaven as paradise. I don't care what you call it necessarily. But, but don't let that scare you. She is in heaven. Your loved ones are in heaven. But let's just be biblical. It's not the final new heaven. Okay, we'll talk about this next week. Um, and, and let's start next week with these because they're just fun to talk about for no other reason. Um, okay, I want to leave this with one quote here. And then, and then if I didn't get to you, I apologize. I am rambling. It's probably the Novocaine. Heaven is for real, right? The little kid that died uh, and then went to heaven. He was four years old, Colton Burp. Um, and, uh, and so he says this. Um, his dad says, hey, Colton. I said, kneeling next to him, when you were in heaven, did you ever see God's throne? Colton looked at me quizzically. What's a throne, daddy? I picked up a Bible story book and pointed to a picture of Solomon seated in his court. A throne is like a king's chair. It's the chair that only the king can sit in. Oh, yeah, I saw a bunch of, I saw that a bunch of times, Colton said. My heart sped up a little. Was I really going to get a glimpse into the throne room of heaven? Well, what did God's throne look like? It was big, Dad, really, really big, because God is the biggest one there. And he really loves us, Dad. You can't believe how much God loves us. All of this takes place, and we can speculate and have fun with it, guys, and imagine and get excited or be confused. Or, but all of this takes place. Because Jesus paid it all. And it's all to him that we owe all of this. You're going to get an eternal body that's going to last forever. That's never going to get sick. That's going to be radiant and full of power and full of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus paid a price for you. You're going to get a place, as we'll discover next week, that will be beyond your wildest imagination and will never end all because, as little Colton says, God loves you that much. That's the hope we have. That's the hope we need to get up with tomorrow. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. I pray, Father, that as we wrestle through some of this, we would turn to the word of God. God, where I've erred, please uh, correct me. Where I have uh, faltered, please get me back up. But God, let us get up tomorrow full of joy for we know that joy comes in the morning. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next week.